<laughs> okay. Red stripes on deck. Okay. Right, I gotta reserve those for the finals. <laughs> it wasn't on sale this week. <laughs> I, actually, Publix kind of has a, a. It's just always on sale. It's always eight ninety nine at Publix. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's a part of my my Laker ritual. I have to. <laughs> I can't re- I can't re- reveal the actual ritual, but just know Red Stripe <laughs> and making lager is a part of my finals in the playoff ritual. You you spike with anything? Little Jamaican rum, Red Stripe. Rum? I'm actually drinking Jamaican rum right now, but that's because that's because okay. today is with a, a Y. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't spike with anything. <laughs> Oh man, it's good to have the gang back. What's up, fellas? I love that we have this thing keep rolling and rolling. I think the more that we do, the better that we get, the more comfortable we get hearing our voices. So, Real Husbands of Riverview, finals, sports, marriage, husbandhood, and life. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Vince, you have the floor. Yeah, man. Like you said, it's, it's, it's great to be back talking with y'all boys. Like, because we we have the group chat and everything, so we're talking every day. But it 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 does it, it makes it different to hear someone's voice. And like, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but like, I've, I've I've let y'all know, like, my family and friends they they've been reaching out. They've been listening to past episodes, and they they want us to keep doing this. So so I'm, I'm looking forward. Shout to Shout out doing to the it. fam in Maryland. Yes, yes. <laughs> DMV. Yes, they's loving. Oh, and that that, that was another another thing. My sister got on you about your pronunciation. Oh, <laughs> on my pronunciation. Yeah, because I, I believe she said. I, I want to say she she said in the past episode you said mambo sauce. He been in Florida too long. <laughs> and, and she's like, no disrespect, no disrespect. She's like we can't have that. <laughs> Because, <laughs> because I'll, I'll admit, like even being from DMV, like I was, all, I've heard it both ways, either either mumbo mm-hmm. or mambo sauce. But she said, she said, I, and I can't say which one of you it was because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't go back and listen myself. But she said somebody said mambo sauce, and she said we can't have. That. Oh wow! <laughs> agree, <laughs> agree. I got to tighten up. On the vernacular, for real. This is a radio show. Got to speak on, on King's mothers? English. <laughs> she said that on mothers. <laughs> Word <Killed>, mother. <laughs> I'm from uh, I'm oh, from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> Maryland. Oh man, good old Maryland. I, I do miss it at times, though, for sure. I miss Virginia on some real shit, man. Like. The having four seasons and like growing up there, I just hated it there because it was all I knew. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older, like my family's there, and just some of the experiences you kind of want to share and see. And they really remade Richmond. Like it's almost like an attraction, an attractive city to be in, especially now that I'm an adult. Yeah. But yeah, um, I definitely got to take a trip home. Um, see the fam, and now that I got my son, some of my fam can see him, but the pandemic just put a lot of stuff on hold and just rearranged the whole set. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, 
definitely far and few times between where you would get to go home, especially with the pandemic. But like I, I've been saying for years, like um, I want to I want to get Shelly up to, to Ocean City one time, you know, be, before mm-hmm. we get like too old to really enjoy it. But I would like her to see that because while it's while it's not uh, the best beach to be at, it's a, it's mm-hmm. an experience like no other. That's all I can really explain it. Yeah, and like, like I had so many summers growing there with my, with my, with my mom, and then you know, like, once I once I got out of college and you know could drink and enjoy that part of it, like it, it's just a good time. So, but she got to go to Maryland to see the harbor and get some crabs. She got to do the whole thing for sure. Yeah, are Maryland crabs like? What's the what's the? I don't want to say what's the big deal, but. What's the difference? <laughs> Put some respect between, on the Maryland crabs. What's the difference between that and like maybe the traditional crabs that you maybe get in like Florida or I wouldn't even say Florida, but just a regular crab place. But like and it seems see, like Maryland crabs, is it like so oh. now now being from Maryland, for you to say traditional crab, like I, I feel like that's blasphemy to say traditional crab, because I feel like the Maryland crab <laughs> is the traditional crab. Well, but, like, like maybe at a, <laughs> a, a commercial chain, like a Joe's Crab Shack or something like that. Like, obviously, they don't have Maryland crabs, but Maryland is known for crabs. So I feel like there must be like a significant. Is it, is it like blue crabs? Is it like a certain type of snow crabs that that they're known that it's known for? Like even on the um, the coat of arms, isn't there a crab on the coat of arms? No, so. So the, the 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 Maryland flag is is a coat of arms itself, and then like it's become like a like a a bumper sticker type thing to see a crab with the the Maryland flag on it. Right. Um, but as far as the difference between the crab, um, the Maryland crab we we do use the blue crab, and. My biggest difference is, 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 from what I see, is just the seasoning. Um, typically, with Maryland crab, you're, you're talking Old Bay um, is is the the preferred the preferred spice to put on it. Where um, now, don't get me wrong, because like I haven't, and again, this is me being from Maryland. I don't touch a lot of crab down here in Florida. Like, like. If I even go get crab cakes, if I don't see Old Bay like listed in the ingredients, like I'm 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 not really ordering that crab cake. But um, like I had I have some friends down here that have done crabs, and like I saw them one I saw them one way, and not that it was bad, but it was almost like a like a crab kind of scampi because it was like like parmesan and butter. Um, I've seen crabs done that, and that they was told me that that was the southern style. Um. And then, as far as like the snow crab, like I'm not sure what it, what that gets seasoned with, but from the looks of it, it just looks like it's just steamed crab. And then, obviously, you have your your king crab legs and things like that because it's just the steamed crab. And you know, you might dip it in butter. But I think the Maryland crab is all about having the spice just dumped on top of that crab. And um, and it's and it's just an experience like. You you get you get your family your friends around and somebody goes in on a however many crabs you're gonna get you know cover the tables of newspaper you're sitting out drinking music playing and it's just just a great experience you know 
Yeah, I, I gotta indulge. I think I kind of did. Um, gotta take the wife for a trip, Dre. The, um, I don't know if you guys had been and they kind of slowed down and they don't do it at now because of COVID. But remember First Fridays? Um, on yeah, yeah, it's by mm-hmm. South. What's it called? Summerfield. Summerfield. Summer. Whatever that street is called. Uh, in Riverview, mm-hmm. every First Friday they used to have. Um, uh, food trucks and it was pretty much like a food truck festival and kids and music and games and like face painting and stuff but the first week I say all this to say the first week we we went out there they had a Maryland crab truck out there and I know we went but at the time I wasn't eating meat so I probably didn't get any mm. um, and I could probably and you know how Tampa is or Hillsborough County in, in general they're known for their crab trucks or not crab trucks food trucks so I can I can probably find the picture and then find the name of that place and see if they're they're like a local place and maybe hunt them down or sell to try them. But yeah, they had the the Maryland flag on the side of the, the truck and everything. Okay. Um, so I imagine they probably have um, some relatively authentic Maryland crab. That's the next step for the podcast. We got to get mobile and do like a mini a tour and also try to get some video elements on the pod to kind of grow our following and and increase our brand i definitely think the three of us to test taste food and local spots out in the area because riverview is really stepping up i was driving down big ben today we got a waffle house we got a chick-fil-a coming up and my favorite spot i can't wait to try the new tiki bar Oh, speak, we've. She's already been. My wife's already been. Oh, really? I, yeah, I saw she posted. Went, what was the I review went yesterday? Because when how you go yesterday and ain't tell nobody. When right? you ask your when tell you her. ask your wife, what do you want? I'm going to like Culver's. She'll tell you. Oh, I want a D bar, which is two miles, like three hundred miles away. <laughs> but then you can't okay. them, you can't hit them with the whole. Oh, I wasn't planning on going that far. I was planning on just going to drive through. And then she'll hit you with the, <laughs> but you asked me what I wanted, and you already know where that goes. So like, so yeah. yeah. So randomly, while I was, I was just going to get her battery checked because her battery light came on, <laughs> and I end up going all the way out to, to get her these wings. They have some really good wings. She's gonna, when she okay. listens to this, she's gonna be like, "You didn't say they were really good when when I gave it to you." But um, uh, <laughs> it, called, it, was, it was actually called Krabby Wings. They were called crabby wings. I think it had like shredded crab meat on top of it. Yeah, it was I do like remember reading about that. Spicy, like it had. It was some really good wings. So, and nice environment too. I would, I'd imagine it's a great environment. You know, when things are back to normal again. But it's a mm-hmm. good vibe. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going there tomorrow. Yeah, man. Because you just like... sold me on the crabby wings. <laughs> My wife oh, yeah. also likes seafood. It's, it's crazy that you get to go because like I've been because for you to say it's a long ways like that just shows you know the difference in how how 301 traffic is because like that's that's <laughs> walking distance from my house yeah it, it's around where you, where you stay at yeah yeah and like so like we've been seeing it get built like we moved in the for house for like years now yeah, it, yeah it's, it's crazy to say like we're coming up on three years living in the house and like I feel like I noticed it start like they started building when we either moved in or when we signed the paperwork or whatever but like it's finally done and yet here we're in the pandemic and 
and the missus she's still not feeling comfortable stepping out so until they get on uber eats we we won't be partaking but i definitely look forward to getting in there oh indeed indeed it's it's a very fun looking place when i drive by it i always wonder like what is that and then i think vince you sent me the press release of it finally being open so that's definitely somewhere we got to go enjoy a game or two um we're getting pretty much in the starting point of the season so in the thick of the season right before the playoffs start hopefully things are back to normal there's no spikes of covid and uh, we can just all just gather around and enjoy some wings some beer and some of those fancy looking drinks i can't (laughs) wait to get lit and get back to my old normal self (laughs) well like you said you 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 touched on it you know we we got we got more sports and sports back in the fold and and football pretty much does feel normal you know yeah yeah for the most part you know because the hockey league shout out to the tampa bay lightning winning the cup yep bringing the cup back home first time since 2004 um, I'm not a huge hockey fan and I'm not really a huge supporter of the Lightning being from Virginia. My team is the Capitals, but now that I live in Tampa, I want to give, you know, due to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the ship. Uh, but yeah, man, Tampa's feeling like tight. You know, a lot of um, teams doing well. The Rays, they're the number one seed in the MLB right now. And then the Bucks, they're looking to make a playoff run for the first time in 12 years. So. Tampa's lit right now. The Super Bowl is here in February. Um, sports putting us on the map, so that's going to only increase revenue to the city and provide opportunities. So we're in a good spot right now for sports. For sure, for sure. Yeah, Florida sports in general. I mean, I know we'll get to it, but Miami Heat in the NBA Finals, all the Florida, I mean, outside of the Seminoles, but all the Florida college football teams. <laughs> you have to talk about good. that, Drake. Um, so like in general, like Florida sports, and it just, I, it sucks because of COVID. Because imagine what this yeah. would have done for the economy. Like, oh my god, WrestleMania was in Tampa this year. Um, yep. yep. Well, no, they canceled it. I mean, they, it was just, um, yep. you just had to tune in. It wasn't um, in Tampa physically. So WrestleMania, Final Four Super was canceled. Bowl, the Final Four. Um, the Rays are, are doing good. The um, the World World Cup. What am I talking about? The um, the Stanley Cup Stanley would have Cup. been in Tampa, and we would have had home court, so or home ice. So at least four games would have been in Tampa. Um, yep. Or I mean, if the if the NBA was regular, and, you know, Miami would have had at least you know two three games in Miami. So like, imagine what this would have did for the economy just in one year. With oh, indeed. Indeed, it would have been bananas, but that's one of those things where, yes, it all looks good, but if it was normal, maybe the teams wouldn't have played as well. You have to give account to the non-travel, the non-distractions. Like, it's so many little factors that I think go into it. Like, I think the teams that were in the bubble, like the NHL and the NBA, the focus is just so much greater and then when you look at the nfl with no fans like there's so many little intricate things that go into it and i think having it back to normal maybe all the florida teams wouldn't have been as heavily represented um as they 
now if things were full of fans, full of people, the excitement. Because sometimes those things can go to your head. But when you take away all the pomp and circumstance, you kind of laser focus in. And I think that really helps um, a lot of the Florida teams hone in. And, you know, it looks like it's going to be a good year. But the amount of revenue that they're missing out on is tremendous. Like, significant amounts of money is being lost due to the fact that we couldn't have fans and we couldn't have all the the fanfare that we are normally accustomed to. Yeah. And I'm not a hockey guy as much. I, I legit watch hockey in the playoffs and in the Stanley Cup and typically like the clinching game of the Stanley Cup because I, I personally believe the Stanley Cup is like the best trophy in sports. Um, so I like watching the presentation and like the um, the like the rituals that they do with the skating around and like handing it off to the captain and stuff. But I do yeah. support home teams. Um, so that's the home team. I want whatever city that I live in to win championships so we can get the parades, which unfortunately, you know, it's going to be kind of different this year. But I like seeing You going, like Drake? Uh, no. The, the finals mm. start tomorrow, so I won't be going to. to <laughs> so if, those of you guys who aren't, uh, those of the viewers who aren't in Florida or, or you know, Florida area, the Tampa Bay Ray and Lightning are having a parade, but it's a boat parade. Of course, it's Tampa Bay. We're by water, so they're going to be on a boat, and Ooh. people are going to be able to see them on the river walk. So, uh, and then they're also doing something at Ray J too at Raymond James Stadium. They're doing something at 7 p.m. So there's going to be two different events or celebrations. I think they they had a little welcome home at the airport today too. So they're trying to do their best. Yeah, they're trying to do their best, but yeah, I'm not I'm not partaking. But I mean, in our normal circumstances, had the, you know, in normal circumstances, this would have been what June that they would have won it, uh, or mm-hmm. no, not even June, maybe May, um, and maybe I would be able to go or be interested in going. Uh, but yeah, I, I like seeing stuff like that. I'm, I'm, like I'm trying to think back of when I lived in a city that won a major championship. So the rank were you there for Eli Super Bowls? I was in Florida. No, for both Super college. Bowls, I was in Florida yeah, for you the, probably the, the, got, the Giants. Maybe a, a Yankees parade. Yeah, so and I was so young because they won in 96, 98 and stuff like that. So 94, the Rangers won, but 94, I was eight years old. Um, and then, you know, the Yankees <laughs> won. The one I remember the most was my freshman year in high school. It was Yankees versus Mets and the Yankees won. Um, that one, and I remember that, but that's also, I w- I'm a Yankees fan and I lived in Queens and the Mets are from Queens and the Yankees are in the Bronx. So of course <laughs> the parade wouldn't have been in Queens. So um, okay. of course I've never seen the Knicks win a championship. Giants won like in the eighties and early nineties. And then the two that they won while I was an adult, I was in Florida. So, and not even just my home team, even in Florida, like 2003, I was in Florida for the Tampa Bay but I didn't live in Tampa Bay. So like, I've never been a mm-hmm. part of that hometown experience of the, the city being crazy. And, you know, I was watching the news. So my, you guys know my sister-in-law works for NBC and that's the channel that showed the lightning game. So when the game was over, they showed mm-hmm. the reaction. And like the moment after they won was like a great moment. They showed the, the lingering reaction of, you know, people celebrating and kicking stuff over, but just the joy of, like everyone jumping all simultaneously. I'm like, man, I want to be a part of that because I've never been a part of something like that for the home team before. It's good to see the Lightning redeem themselves. I'm not sure if you guys follow 
um, what happened a few years ago, but they were the number one seed and they got embarrassed and swept in the first round by St. Louis, I believe. So to have that determination and grit to come right back and, you know, dominating the playoffs and win the cup was huge and tremendous. And shout out to the players, the organization, and all the behind the scenes staff um, and all the professional workers that work over there. Um, shout out to the sales staff and everyone. Um, they put in a lot of work. This city really embraces the Lightning. Um, if you've never been to Tampa, you can drive around while seeing the, the Lightning and the Thunderbolts. And it's a huge, 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 huge deal here. So, Congrats to all the employees and the staff that do all the dirty work behind the scenes, in addition to the team and the players. Yeah, they um, uh, much respect. They, um, so last year, the Lightning, if I'm not mistaken, had the best record, regular season record in hockey history, and lost in the first round. So it was like the biggest, yep. pretty much the biggest upset in hockey history. Like, yeah, um, since they I've been in Hills, since since I've been in Hillsborough County, or since we came to Tampa, like. This has kind of been like they've been a com- uh, in you know basketball we'd say a, a competitor like a they've always been in contention to win a championship. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. in 2014 they lost to the Rangers and then the Rangers lost to LA. The next year they beat the Rangers and then they lost to the Blackhawks. Um, and then you know last year of course they had the best record ever and then they got upset. So they've always been on the cusp and they finally broke through, but. Since we've been in Hillsborough County, they could have. They're, you know, maybe a few games away from winning two, three championships. So it finally paid off this year. Yeah, they're def- definitely a winning organization. And, like, it's it speaks a lot to the way they operate. And I think it has a, a lot to do with how they, they've been able to, to capture the market. Like, like Aubrey was saying, like, you can't go anywhere without seeing both fans and, and both, you know, paraphernalia up on up and around like so like it's definitely great to have a winner and i just hope that the rest of our teams can 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 follow suit indeed indeed that would make it a very historic year um like i said for the bucks to make the for the first time in 12 years and be the first team to play and host and potentially win the super bowl that'll be bananas in addition to the Rays, they're the number one seed. They're hosting the Toronto Blue Jays um, in the first round of the playoffs. So um, best of luck to them, the players, and also the staff. And um, we'll see how it all works out. I'm excited. But for the main event, the meat and potatoes of today's conversation, let's get on this NBA Finals. Let's do it. My main, main Dre, since I've known him, has been a true diehard Lakers fan. So, Dre, being in the Finals for the first time post Kobe Bean Bryant, how do you feel, man? Uh, it feels great, man. I just want to thank God because uh, without him, <laughs> ain't none of us would be here. Uh, um, uh, no, it, it's 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 an interesting scenario. So, yeah, if you guys saw on Facebook, like when the playoffs start, I'm not really big on Facebook. I really don't say anything on Facebook. I, if I have a status, it's you know something major must be going on. But I had posted that this is my first time since I've been with my wife that she's ever seen me in Laker playoff mode. 
Like, she's never <laughs> seen me do my Laker playoff ritual before, like pregame ritual. Uh, because last time, me and her started dating in 2010, but it was like Labor Day 2010. And the, the, the finals is in June. So the Lakers had won their last championship before me and her even started talking to each other. Um, so like, she's never seen me in like gun, gun ho, like crazy Laker mode. In the group, that the last time the Lakers were winning, so there, there was definitely Facebook and MySpace and Twitter. There was post about stuff, twenty-four hours. like that, and that was back when Facebook. If you guys remember, Facebook started having statuses, and you had to wait twenty-four hours to change your status. So if you had a Facebook status, it stayed there for 24 hours. It wasn't like Twitter where you just change. Like Twitter literally to me was just, oh, it's just Facebook statuses that you're changing every 10 minutes, right? That's what Twitter is. So it's a different dynamic now with being a good team and you can actually brag about it on social media now. I feel like as soon as we stopped winning, that's when the Heat started winning. And we live in Florida, so everyone named Mama is a Heat fan now. Well, not now, but there's just a lot of Heat and Orlando Magic fans. So they kind of took up the the airwaves for social media, like posting left and right, talking crap, and there's nothing you can really say if your team wasn't going to beat them. So the experience is good, but I don't know, man. We had a whole episode about it, but when Kobe passed away, it took like the umph out of it, and it to me it almost felt like the Lakers just have to win because anything less would just be a disaster. Yeah, like you just you have to win in the name of Kobe. I mean, it sounds super cliche, but like you no, know, like in the year God, you know, bless him. Hopefully, that doesn't happen anytime soon. But in the year that Michael Jordan dies, if the if the if the um, the Bulls are decent or at least a contender, like there's no way like anyone's gonna accept them not winning the whole thing. So that that in itself, it just felt like this has to happen. So I'm I'm not even really enjoying it. To, is what I guess what I'm saying. Like it, this just needs to happen to be to fulfill manifest destiny. Like it just has to happen. So you won't enjoy until you get the ring. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm already wet, ready for, for Monday, because by Monday there'll be three games in, and you can kind of be able to tell, because someone's either going to be up two one or three zero, you know. Mm-hmm. So by Monday you'll have a good feel of it. I'm already ready for it to kind of be over, and to be getting closer to it being it over. Now, of course, I'm not overlooking the opponent or anything like that, but like, I, I was telling um, my friend Tim. I'm not even really watching for entertainment anymore. Like some games, some of the playoff games, I don't even watch. I just check the score. I just need you to uh, guys to win. Like it's not even entertaining anymore. It just, there's a goal that just has to happen. So I'm not watching to see threes and dunks happen. This guy's got to get this shit done. (laughs) It was literally a game that they had against the Rockets. Like I was playing Xbox the whole time and just refreshing the score just to make sure they were leading. It was the one game that, um, Markeith Morris was like 10 for 10 for three from three. And Aubrey texted, he was like, the game's over. Like it makes no sense to watch. <laughs> so, <laughs> win this game, because we have lost. <laughs> he looks like y'all about to win. So uh, to answer in a long answer the question, 
but business isn't finished yet. They gotta finish it off. And I am legit already looking forward to the quote unquote summer. Free agency actions. I'm ready for that. Kind of writing it off as, hey, it's your championship to win. Y'all are supposed to win the whole thing. Like, so it's not less necessarily a surprise if they win. It's more surprised if they lose. So I'm kind of in GM mode right now. But what are we going to do to come back when things are normal? Because you know, people camp and all these, all these things that have changed. So, like, when it's an even playing field again, we got to win another one. So I'm already like thinking about next season and transactions uh, and rosters, people who aren't going to be injured, like the KDs and stuff like that. The Warriors coming back. So that's kind of where I am mentally right now. True. And Vince, you being a loyal LeBron fan <laughs> from the Cavs to the Heat, now to the Lakers, you know, how do you feel as far as LeBron's legacy? Um, this is his 10th final, his 17th season. You know, a lot of people hold over his head that he doesn't have six rings. And, you know, that's the one thing a lot of people bring up in the comparison of Jordan. But it's, as far as you as a fan and a basketball elite purist, what does LeBron have to do or what more does he need to do for you to well, I mean, you already think he's the greatest, so for him to solidify all the doubters, what else does LeBron need to prove? Does he have to get this fourth ring, or just by getting to the tenth final is enough? I mean, it 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 should be enough because I mean, you look at it, how many players can say they've been to ten, you know, and not even just say they've been to ten, but say they've been the best player on their team for all ten of them, you know, like because it's it's one thing to be a Robert Ori of the world who, you know, Robert Ory got his rings, but he wasn't even a starter on half of them teams. So, like, the, the fact that LeBron has been the face of the league, the face of his organization for his entire time here in the NBA, like, he, he's, he's done enough to c- cement his legacy. Like, everything else is just, is, from this point on, is, is just icing on the cake. Like, so he goes... He goes and get this ring, like it's great. Like, like I think a fourth ring would would definitely, you know, for anyone that doesn't have him above Kobe, would put him above Kobe. Um, then you still have you still have the Jordan folks that are gonna be like, you know, six six is still better than four, which it is. But like like I said, in it, like LeBron. Pure basketball player is the best player of all time. Like, <laughs> here, get that out. That's fine. Oh, oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I almost fell off my rug. Yeah, but like, I think pure, I, I, pure basketball player is it's LeBron. Like, you can you can say <laughs> say Jordan is the goat, and I and I agree. But when I, when I say every aspect of a basketball player. LeBron is is better. I I see what he's saying, and he's trying to word it in the correct manner to say LeBron is the best all around basketball player, but the goat is Michael Jordan. It's kind of like saying the best all around football player 
is Ed Reed because he can do everything. But the GOAT is, you know, Tom Brady or Marino or whoever. Like the best, the best of all time just plays a different position. And he's really, he's super, super good at his position. But there's another guy who could technically play every position. So he just happens to be the best football player of all time. Uh, so I think no, I definitely, I understand fully and I appreciate you, you know, explaining it for the listeners. Um, but I guess it depends on what you categorize as best. Because some people categorize winning versus skill set. Like, yes, LeBron being 6'9", 250, dunking, jumping, passing, all the things that he does, yes, he does that at a more successful rate than Michael Jordan. But for me, when it comes to the best, I categorize as just that. I mean, we all saw the documentary, the will the undeniable will to win at a elite level. Like, the six for six, the I'm going to retire for two years, come back, dominate another three-peat, like, just everything that happened. And it's not fair to LeBron to compare him to, Le- to Michael Jordan because the errors are different, but because it's in my lifetime, Maybe my kids will look at LeBron as the way I look at Michael Jordan, but LeBron has to, in my mind, for me to start to consider the LeBron-Jordan debate, I want LeBron to get that fifth ring. Okay. He doesn't have to win six for me because I think six is just unrealistic especially in today's NBA with so many teams being so good and LeBron is getting older Father time is undefeated and to play and put that many miles on your body it's it's going to be inevitable his body's going to start breaking down but if he can go back to back with the Lakers I would say LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time and see the, the there are so many variables that separate the two of Jordan and 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 LeBron. So agreed. And you see that that's why I, I always have the the what's the word the, the distinction between between the best, best player and best. best basketball player and the greatest because it, it's like it's like most most the most valuable player. The most valuable player in the mm-hmm. league may not be the best player in the league every year. Right. Like True. You can you can bring different things to the table to to help your team that 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 so and so may not do, and especially when you when you're talking like football and things like that, because different positions just are so much more valuable than others. But in the, in the game of basketball, when by and large every player that steps on the court has the ability. To, to get buckets, to, yeah, to get buckets and to do everything that everyone on that on that court does. Like, granted, your centers they're not they're not holding the ball as much and controlling the ball, so maybe they don't get as many touches. But we've seen plenty of centers win MVP awards and, and be Hall of Famers. So, like, you can you can do it from any position on the floor, and so that's why this debate is able to be had and people get so contentious about it because everyone can make their case (laughs) one way or another 
So here, here's the the biggest variable that it's probably going to be taboo to touch because it's be like, well, we've had this barbershop argument and this has always been a consistent variable, but we gotta have to start looking at winning differently. Now I know that sounds taboo, like, well, how can you judge if the, if you're not a winner? But I think that's the edge that Jordan has over LeBron. Like when you think of him, you think championships, winning, not gonna lose. And when you think of LeBron, you just think really good basketball, really good off the field, off the off the court. You you think of all these other areas, but just kind of like what uh, Vince just said, like being the most valuable and being the best could be two different things. The, so take for instance the year 1990. The year 1990, the best p- basketball player walking this planet was Michael Jordan, but I'm pretty sure he didn't win MVP that year. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Magic Johnson won MVP that year. And then taking that same example, neither of them went to the finals. So technically neither of them were winners. 1990, the finals was Pistons versus Blazers. So like, you gotta look at the, that variable of, all right, well, he's the better winner. So he's the better player, you know, kind of differently because mm-hmm. you can take other sports, you can take, like, we can play pickup basketball and I may not win that game, but I could be the best player out of all of us. And it could be obvious that, yeah, Andre's the best player. He just didn't win that game. So Exactly, because it, it's, a, it's a team game. Like, like, so, like, you can get on, you can get on people and be like, you know, oh, he's the best. But it, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a team game. So, like, your team is going to help you. Like, no one, no one wins these games by themselves. And then also this this place that we are, this atmosphere that we are in right now with basketball, because this doesn't happen in any other sport, with building teams and building super teams. I think that variable has changed everything. Like if we, we can so we can talk about well, LeBron built a super team, but he was also not the first person to do that. There was already another super team before him with the Celtics. And then there were super teams that essentially took two, three championships from him. Like if there are no Warriors, maybe he's not working on number four this year. Maybe he's working on number six this year, right? Like there's so yeah. many crazy True. different variables that, but that you can't we say a, that. We live, in a, we live in a copycat world. Like who, who would have ever thought after the Thunder lost to the Warriors that KD was like, you know what? If you can't beat him, join him. No one. The type of person, his personality, no one would have ever predicted that KD will leave the Thunder and go to the Warriors and win two ships. Like, no one thought that. But he knew that he was at a certain point in his career where his legacy and everything was, you know, being the number two overall pick, winning a bunch of scoring titles, going to the playoffs, getting knocked out the first, second round every year wasn't the way he wanted his career to go. So he wanted to play in a more offensive-friendly offense, and the Warriors needed someone to get over the hump, and it was just a match made in heaven. And yeah, they may have taken two rings from LeBron, but it wasn't like that was an original thing. Like, that was something that's been done, like you said, Dre, since the Celtics in 08 when they brought in Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen to join Paul Pierce for the um, Doc Rivers Celtics. So um, it, it's it's never going to stop because you still see teams kind of 
if they don't have a big three, they get like a power two. Yep. Like next year, like you said, it's gonna be fun to see the Nets and how KD and Kyrie come together and they gonna try to go, you know, to the playoffs with the Nets and it's it's gonna be interesting to see. This is gonna be a big year for free agents and it's it's gonna be fun. So we'll see. But for LeBron, like there's nothing he needs to prove. Like he's done it all. And, you know, kudos to LeBron. I'm very critical. And people consider me a hater of LeBron because I'm very, very objective. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very objective Skip. You're like the Skip Bayless of the group. You'll (laughs) talk crap about him. Because, like, I don't like giving credit. I don't like giving credit for things or to people for doing things they're supposed to do. And... LeBron wasn't like this kid who had this ridiculous growth spurt that was overlooked and like he was the first overall pick since he was 14. He was always the biggest, fastest, strongest and him dunking and doing all things that he's doing on the court to me was like that's what he's supposed to do. It's like Shaq dunking at seven foot one, 300 pounds, he's supposed to dominate. So LeBron is supposed to impose his will on the court. It's impressive for him to do it at year 17, at 35, yes. But again, he's a professional athlete. He trains his body. His whole team around him is preparing him to do the things that he's doing. So I'm not going to clap when he does things he's supposed to do. But like I said earlier, if LeBron can go back to back and win his fifth ring, um, to me, to do that, is impressive because this team was brought together to win the chip. Anthony Davis, he's an all-star in his own right. He's 6'10". He can stretch the floor. He can dominate inside. Like, he's phenomenal. He was the number one overall pick. So, you got two number one overall picks in the Lakers, Los Angeles. Like, this team was built for this moment. So, it's not surprising that they're in the finals. Kobe's passing away, the bubble, and all things that happen. It makes him better for TV, yes, but they was gonna be go defend it. Yeah, like to me, like I'm not overly excited or hype about the Lakers being in the finals. This team was built to be in the finals. Now, go back to back. That's what good teams do. That shows dominance. That shows focus. So when things go back to normal and you're making your movies and you're doing your commercials and you're selling shoes and you go on a tour and you got fans in the stands and you got to help your kids with homework and you're back in your regular everyday life to keep that focus to keep that core and not to get too hype i don't care what the clippers are going to do i don't care what the warriors are going to do i don't care if it's going to be more competitive and you can be another year older go back to back good teams go back to back teams that don't go back to back get forgotten about that 2004 championship the Pistons won against the Spurs, no one brings up that team as a great team. You know why? Because they didn't go back to back. The Heatles, people love that team. Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron, they went to four straight finals. They won two, and they kept that core together because it was exciting to watch. The Spurs, their dominance. Five rings in, what, 15 years? That was incredible. People want to see consistency and for this Lakers team to impress me, to go down in history, go back to back. Keep Anthony Davis, keep LeBron, 
bring back some of the core players and some of your role players and keep that focus in your regular everyday lives and go back to back and then I will crown LeBron as the GOAT. If they don't go back to back, he's going to hear my wrath. Well, let, well, let, me, ask, <laughs> let me ask this because I feel like this is this is probably it's it's a this is it not that it's it but it's it's a situation that we've never been in before because <laughs> I I legitimately think that LeBron could easily not get Finals MVP. Oh yeah, I don't. I oh one hundred percent. So like. Anthony Davis is in his prime. But, but like, he's unguardable. But like, do you does if if they go back to back and Anthony Davis gets both of those Finals MVP, does does that does that factor into your equation or just five rings no, no. matter what? No, because Anthony Davis can't lead a team. Like, and that's what Anthony Davis is going to realize when all this is done. Anthony Davis is not a dog. Anthony Davis is a wingman. And he's a really good wingman. Like, God, he's a great number two. He can't do this without LeBron. LeBron is, like I said, LeBron is supposed to do all things that he's doing. And for people who don't really follow the game, they're impressed with all that. But at 6'9", 250, and I was in LeBron's shape, I wouldn't wear shirts. Like, that's just how he's supposed to just be that confident, that arrogant, that cocky just unstoppable he's a force of nature he, he he he's a professional like people don't realize the word professional in front of athlete is that upper echelon like you're not supposed to be the Kwame Browns you're not supposed to not take care of your body you're supposed to be in the best pristine shape because that's what pays your bills that's what feeds your kids that's what allows you to live this great luxurious life LeBron James he knows that he embodies that and his whole camp supports that so for him to do what he does on a nightly basis is what he's getting paid buku dollars to do. So, going back to back, even if he doesn't win MVP to answer your question, I would not decrease the significance of his role on his team. He's supposed to get his teammates involved. He's supposed to be, because that's what leaders and captains do. That's why quarterbacks make so much money. That's why shortstops are so important. They do the dirty work. They're diving for balls. They're making sure they get their teammates involved. LeBron has to do that. He has to be the best player on his team to get everyone riled up and excited to get their juices flowing. He can't be selfish. He can't be all about me. Because he can easily go out there and score 35 a night and not worry about his rebounds and assists. But the teams he's been on, they have to have lesser players around them so they can buy in. True. Like, so... The Caruso's would not be significant if he was on a team like the Spurs. He's not getting the ball in the corner. He's not going to hustle and defend the best players. He's not going to flop and take charges if he was on a lesser team. LeBron brings it out of him, so that's why he's a great fit. If he leaves the Lakers without LeBron, you would never hear from Caruso again. <laughs> he's never getting any spotlight or no shine. J.R. Smith, he was out of the league. But LeBron knows that he can shoot threes. He's good for that energy, and LeBron brought him on. Philly Cheese? <laughs> he was in Miami on the bench. Couldn't see the court. Spolster said, get him out of here. LeBron, hey, let's go get Philly Cheese. Let's see what he can do. He's with me in Cleveland. And boom. So, like, the players that he puts himself around, they're lesser players. They're throwaways for a reason 
because LeBron gets these guys to buy in. So I expected the Lakers to make a finals run, especially like when Kobe died, I was just like you, Dre. They got to win the ship. But I will be remiss if I didn't mention how I like this matchup against the A lot of people are automatically giving LeBron this fourth ring and they think it's going to be a cakewalk because outside of Jimmy Butler, this Miami Heat team looks like a bunch of guys they just threw together. A bunch of Jimmy Butlers. They're not really known. Yeah, basically a bunch of Jimmy Butlers. But that's what I love about this team. And I love the personal undertones that people may not understand. Pat Riley, a very prideful man, a winner, built the Showtime Lakers. Pat Riley built the Heatles. Pat Riley asked LeBron not to leave. He didn't beg him to stay. He politely asked him, hey, you can run this thing back. We got the team to build around, stay in Miami, and LeBron turned him down. Eric Spostra. He's been with the Heat since 1994. Started off in the video room. He started off in the video room. Now he's the head coach. He was LeBron's coach with the Heatles. Two or four championships. It all comes full circle. I gotta get you in this matchup. Did you know that um, Tyler Hero's girlfriend is uh, Kuzma's ex-girlfriend? I saw that today. I did not know that. I don't know if that counts because wow. I feel like Kuzma has dated like six Kardashians already. So like, yeah, like that doesn't yeah, really matter. His ex-girlfriend meaning they Tyler Hero's. Tyler Hero's a rookie in Miami. He's living his life. Like anything he does at twenty, it doesn't really count because. If I was 20 in the NBA in the finals, you probably would have dated my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> it's just what you do. It's what you do when you're 20 in Miami playing basketball for a living. But the great thing about this matchup is the Miami Heat have a player that's been to six straight finals. He's not really a flashy guy, he's not going to make a huge impact. But the intellect of this game, he's definitely going to put in Jimmy Butler's ear. I like Jay Crowder. And the guy I'm talking about is Andre Iguodala. I, I do. Andre I, I do Iguodala like is like Iggy. a personal friend of mine. <laughs> I, I like the pickup for them. Andre Iguodala is a finals MVP that no one really mentions for shutting down LeBron James. Chase down Iguodala blocks. Well, it's yeah. ass. Chased down. No, he's, he's he's saying the other way around. How he got chased down by by LeBron. <laughs> now, but to win the MVP, he has a chase down. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pull a, a Shannon Sharp and be like, since he shut him down, why was he dropping 38, 10, and nine during that series? If he shut him, <laughs> basketball is a team sport. Basketball is a team sport. And that's the thing. Like, and I think that he really understands that you're not going to stop LeBron and AD. But my formula is this. Even if they both go off for 40, that's just 80 points. I don't care what they do. LeBron can drive all he wants. AD can do whatever he wants. I'm going to let them go off. But I refuse to let Rondo score 20 points. I refuse to let Marcus Morris go off and 
KCP, if KCP averages more than 10 points in this series, I got a fire air exposure. Like, the attention to detail on the others is what's going to win the Miami Heat this championship. Because you're not going to stop LeBron. You're not going to stop Anthony Davis. But if you can limit the others or make it harder for the others, if you don't have a hand in their face for every jumper, if you don't send them to the ground like it's the New York Knicks versus the Miami Heat, they need to watch film of Alonzo Mourning going up against your boy, Dre, Patrick Ewing. If they don't show those type of film and those highlights to get them juiced up for this series, they're not trying to win. Because Rondo dropping 20, you deserve to be fired. KCP going for 20, you deserve to be fired. Like, these guys will not beat me if I'm the Miami Heat. I'm going to let LeBron do what he needs to do. I'm going to let AD do what he needs to do. And at the end of the day, if they drop an 80 as a pair and we can score 81, that's a dub. So... Get them my, my concern is how overly favorited they are and I feel like that can be a, a recipe for disaster so 100%. the 73 and 9 uh, Warriors I feel like that's, Don't that's have the a first finals that I didn't watch I remember being at a restaurant and just looking at the score like I didn't even care to watch the game then they went down 3-1 I came home and I saw the whole tussle with LeBron and uh, and Draymond. Draymond. And I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, I'm not watching the next two games. Um, I'm only going to watch the fourth quarter the series to see if the trophy comes out. Because game six, game five, I'm like, all right, if the trophy comes out, I'll watch to see the trophy presentation. They won that game. All right, no biggie. Then same thing. I didn't watch game six. I'm like, I'll, I'll tune in in the fourth quarter if the trophy comes out. It didn't come out. That's when you tune in to game seven. So, but it was that, 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 that finals was so, hey, they're clearly going to win. They beat them last year, and they're even better this year. Um, now, of course, the two championships after that with um, with, um, KD. with KD, I, didn't, I, I think I watched game one of both of those series. I didn't watch none of that. I just watched for the trophy presentation. One was 4-1, and the other one was 4-0. Um, but the, the overhypeness sometimes play in, and, you know, people want to put money there's people who want to bet smart money and be like, hey, I'm going to go with the underdog and be the genius when this is over. So I'm trying my best not to underestimate the heat. But realistically, because outside of you just trying to be a genius and just be the one rabbit in the room that knew all along that he were going to win, realistically, the Lakers should win. And and Chris Broussard made a good point. A lot of Heat fans are saying... Yeah, well, don't you know? Don't get too hyped. You know, we can beat y'all. We can do this. Y'all might not, but they're banking on the Lakers playing bad. So, in order for them to lose this series, the Lakers have to not do what they do, as opposed to the Lakers have to do what they do to win the series. So, like a, a Laker fan is looking at it as if we play regular basketball, we'll win, and the underdog is looking at it as I hope y'all slip up, then we will win. So, and I feel like you can't bank. You can't bank your your destiny on hoping mistakes happen. You have to take it. No. Like you have to grab your destiny. So you have to beat us. Don't hope that we miss three. Um, like I said, Chris Boussard hit it on the head. He was like, he he was literally was like, yeah, if the Lakers miss their free throws, which they're not a free th- good free throw shooting team. If the Lakers miss their threes, which they have been really bad with shooting threes. If they do a lot of turnovers, which they have two games in the playoffs where they had 20 turnovers. But that's your strategy to win this series is hoping those things will happen. But the 
you know, science says and fate says that will happen maybe once in the series. But this isn't a Super Bowl. This isn't a one game thing where, hey, the turnovers can just lose the whole thing. It would have to happen for an entire series. Um, <clears throat> so back to the X's and O's of the game. So the MVP conversation, that is my concern. That is my concern about the the, um, the series. Not who Um, my, but that's my concern. Like, I need the LeBron to show up. That's the LeBron in Cleveland, part two, the one who took over games and was averaging 35, 10, and 13 in the finals. I feel like a passive LeBron is what the Heat want, and that can lead to them winning the series. But it's a double edged sword because we all know he wants to give this team to AD. He wants to build an aura around AD. Like, this is your team. You got you got to lead us to the promised land. So I feel like he will be passive and there will be opportunities that he doesn't take advantage of. So I don't know what, I don't know what LeBron is going to show up. Is it going to be the LeBron in the um, game one of the 2018 finals where he dropped 50? But, um, but J.R. Smith had that <laughs> screw up. Like, but that was... Uh, I'm in a Laker group me, well not a Laker group me, a Laker group chat, and I have a mode for LeBron that I call Magneto mode. Like the most powerful X-Men outside of uh, Phoenix is Magneto, and there are some times where LeBron turns into Magneto. And at the end of the Nuggets series, where he scored the 16 points, hit every shot, and like held them scoreless, that's the Magneto mode that I was looking for. Like if he comes out in the finals. It may be four and oh, we may be, we may be on a parade by next by this time next week. Um, but I don't know if that's what's gonna that's what's gonna show up because I think he wants to handle. So my two cents is. Respect to Chris Broussard and his analysis, but the Miami Heat also qualified to be the Eastern representative in the finals. They didn't get here by hoping the other team made mistakes. They got here by taking the Mike Tyson approach. Every team that lined up against them, they had a plan. They beat the number one team in the East. Giannis Antetokounmpo. They didn't they beat the number one team in the, in the East. Mouth. They beat Giannis Antetokounmpo. But the thing, they punched him in the mouth. They weren't afraid. They weren't trying to make sure that he don't go off. They just dis- disrupted their whole flow and punched him in the mouth. They also went up against another higher-seeded team, 
Like every team they played, I believe, was a higher seed because they were the fifth seed. So they beat the four, the fourth matchup, the Pacers. They beat the um, the number one ranked seed, the Bucks, and then they beat the Celtics to earn their right to be in the finals. So they had to go up against better ranked competition every series and every round. Can I please introduce you to Pat Riley again? In 2006, the Miami Heat went up against the number one seed, the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Mavericks won like close to 70 games that year. Dirk was unstoppable. There was a kid from Chicago. He went to Marquette. His name was Dwayne Wade. In 2006, he also played with a guy named Shaq, Alonzo Mourning, Adonis Haslam. They won the ship. In 2020, there's this kid named Jimmy Butler. He's from Texas. He went to Marquette. He's a dog. He was homeless. He was hungry. He's not going to hope the Lakers make mistakes. He's not going to hope LeBron has an off night. He's going to punch him in the mouth. And I think that he got something up their sleeve. Pat Riley's not shook. Eric Spolcher isn't shook. Jay Crowder isn't shook. Andre Iguodala isn't shook. And Jimmy Butler for sure isn't shook of this Lakers team. The Lakers, again, they're supposed to be here. Nothing is out of the ordinary when you bring in a number one overall pick to play with another number one overall pick, to play with a team that's full of players who won rings. Rondo got rings. Um, your starting center, he got three JaVale rings. McGee, uh, Quinn JaVale Cook. McGee, yeah. Red, yeah, uh, it's, it's a championship. Green. It's a championship pedigree team. Y'all supposed to be here. The Miami Heat are not supposed to be here. They're trying to get what y'all got, and I really think it brings a good matchup. I love the defense. I love the offense. I love the coaching. Like it's a hard, gritty team. And even if the Heat gets swept, even if the Heat wins just one game. It's still going to be an exciting series because you're going to know the Miami Heat was in this series because they're going to scrap. They're going to play hard. They're going to play tough. They're not going to back down. So I can see it going seven. Um, A lot of people aren't giving them much of a fight, but I do respect this Miami Heat team because they were doubted in every series and the Lakers have been favored in every series. So, and honestly... I know that they're professionals. I know that they all get paid and they all been the best of the best since high school and beyond. But I don't think the Heat were, I mean, I don't think the Lakers were really challenged. Like, no one was afraid of the Rockets. No one was afraid of um, the, the Trailblazers. No disrespect to Dane, he's a killer. And no one was really afraid of this Nuggets team. Like, all the teams they played so far weren't expected to be there. Like, the Nuggets supposed to be there. Everyone was hoping for the Lakers versus the Clippers. The Clippers were upset, and they got embarrassed, and Doc got fired. The Trailblazers, they weren't even qualified to make the playoffs. If it wasn't for the bubble, the Trailblazers would have never even been there. And then this Rockets team, that was an experiment. They put on they put on the floor five starters all under six six. So for the Lakers to go up against those three teams, to me as a competitor, 
I don't think they've fully been tested as far as challenged in the playoffs. Because they only lost, what, three games in those three rounds? Yeah, and the Heat only lost three games. Yeah, and so that's why I think that this matchup is really going to be impressive to watch. I can't wait for tomorrow night. Um, Normally, these LeBron James-led teams, they kind of, as they say, they test things out their first game. To them, it doesn't count. But I think if they lose this first game to the Miami Heat, I don't think there's going to be a a quick five-game series. If they lose tomorrow night, I can see the series going at least six, seven games. Yeah. Um, And I I agree with that. Oh, you can continue my bad. Oh, no, you're you're good. But, yeah, like, I think they can't take game one off because that's what LeBron James fans say. Oh, well, you know, he always takes the first game off anyway. If he sleep on the Miami Heat, this series will go six. I guarantee I'm a I'm a championship Charles Barkley guarantee. <laughs> if they sleep, if they sleep on the Miami Heat and let them win, air quote, let them win game one, this series will go six or seven games. That's my that's what I think. Yeah, I don't believe that they can they can check to see how they're playing them. I do be, I, I believe he's still going to do it though. He's going to do it for the first half. He being LeBron, the rest of the team is going to do their own thing. But that's what LeBron's going to do. See how they're playing him. Now he's going to use the second half to say, "All right, LeBron mode and try to win this game." And then once he knows their strategy, handle that the, the rest of the series. But I still think he's going to do that the first half. But they're not going to throw this game as if no biggie if we lose and now we know how they're playing us we're, we're good they can't afford to lose this first game. Well, i think he's going to be in magneto mode in the first game just like he was in 2008 where he dropped 50 in game one like i think that's the mode he's going to be in because now there's nothing to hold back now exactly. i'm gonna i'm gonna let you get your, your um your your time vince but i just want to kind of bring it back because i didn't really address what i think the lakers would do i kind of just address what i think people expect to happen so what I think happened, like this can be a sweep, and it can also be a sweep for the Heat, like or maybe four-one for the Heat, because of those same reasons that um, Chris Broussard said. Like he, he may have said it in jest, as if you're banking on these things to happen, but no, these things can happen. Like the Lakers uh, role players will very well not hit their threes and they can lose one, two games based on that. They have had multiple games with 20 turnovers. Um, So I grew up as a Knicks fan and um, in the 90s, Jeff Van Gundy had a stat that said, if a team has 16 or more turnovers, they'll lose the game. I remember he said that in like 99 and I've always watched basketball games and kept up with that stat. And I'd say 80% of the time, it's true. The first team to hit 16 turnovers loses the game. My mom also said, wins and for some reason that kind of is always true too but um but they have had games where they had 24 turnovers um and that is concerning 24 turnovers against a team that plays good defense (laughs) is gonna be a blowout the other way um Mm -hmm. the lakers not hitting free throws has not haunted them yet but if any place it would haunt them would be the finals where there's no tomorrow there's no all right we'll lose this game and we'll come back so all those things that he was making jokes about very well can happen. So that's why I can, it could be 4-1 Heat win. And then we just see LeBron flailing his arms the whole time looking at the refs. 
<laughs> like I can see that. That's the LeBron I like. <laughs> I like that LeBron. But, but, what I, but, what I believe, <laughs> but to address what you said, as far as like the competition and things like that. All right. So I do believe what the Lakers saw was top-notch offenses. Like the best offensive talent that they seen in the playoffs was from the Western Conference. There are no two players on the Heat that are good offensively as Dame and CJ. Then in the second round, the best offensive player in the world is um, is, is James Harden. Harden. And that whole team, their whole offense is predicated on. So the test during that series was, are you guys gonna be able to stop threes? Because other teams are gonna shoot threes too, i.e. Duncan Robinson, i.e. Tyler Hero, i.e. You know Kelly O'Linnick, O'Linnick. i.e. Exactly, I. but we beat the we beat the best three point shooting team with the best <laughs> offensive player in the world. Then the next series was, yo, your boy Murray is just a fucking baby Iverson. He's just doing these crazy layups. He, you can't shoot block his three. He's sh- shooting these three from half court, and uh, Joker. He's the best post, like back to the basket player in the friggin' world. I, there was one game where I felt like he shot 70%. Like every time he touched the ball, he either put you in the spin cycle and kicked it out, or he put you in the spin cycle and he scored. Like I felt like he did not miss. I feel like his, the whole series, he was like 89% from the field. And when he shoots the three, he has that high arc where it's like, it's nine times the 10 is gonna go in because it's so high, it's just gonna fall straight in. So I felt like that's what we we saw were best offensives, and we dominated those great offenses. The Heat aren't going to bring that type of offense. If your best bet is hoping someone has a off uh, um, out of body experience and drops thirty seven in Tyler Hero, that's not going to be something that's going to win four games. That may happen, but the thing with the Lakers is when you drop thirty eight, we still beat you. <laughs> like um, Murray dropped thirty eight, and he, they still lost that game. I think by double digits. So how that affected an Eastern Conference team, 38 just killed us. 38 is just par for the course in the West. You might drop 40 and still lose. Um, what people are saying is, well, there's the defense. They're playing really good defense, um, the, the Heat. I think people underestimate the Lakers defense. Like everything that the Heat do on defense, the Lakers do the same exact thing. Like I think we, when you look at the, the Lakers, you just think glamor and glitz of the two best players. The rest of the entire team are Miami Heat players. Like KCP just dives on the ground. Uh, friggin' uh, uh, Caruso is literally, he would fit in well with the Heat culture. Just dive on the ground, get steals, 94 feet defense. Like since they put him on Dame, he's been playing all the point guards, um, Harden, uh, Murray, 94 feet the entire um, way. Marcus, uh, Markeith Morris, same way like that whole team and then playoff rondo all he does is create offense from defense because he he can't shoot he just hits some lucky shots from time to time so our defense if i'm not mistaken i I don't have stats if i'm mistaken it's either the best defense in the league or top two three the two or three defenses in the league uh there was one game during the season where they had like 18 blocks i think was the most blocks of all time in in one game so i think that's where we match the heat we're gonna stop your offense because we we've stopped way more high-powered offenses, and the best offensive weapon you have is a a tweener who's still learning himself. Um, and our defense is gonna be the same defense that you guys have because that's what we do. Uh, Frank Vogel, one thing he is good for is coaching defense. Like he's he's not an uh, X's and O's guy, but he's he's coached defense before. 
he got rings. What's going to be your advantage? He got rings. Huh? He got hey, rings. Ty Lue ain't get rings till he got rings. Exposure got. Exposure got. Exposure got. Full on debt. Eric no, Spolster had LeBron. Yeah, technically no. He was there in '06. Two teams, but that was a whole. That's a whole different story. But 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 yeah, I, I think X's and O's wise, the Lakers still got. I, I get it. The rah rah. They're a, they're a scrappy team, but they said that in '99 with the Knicks. They beat a bunch of teams that were better than them. They just have more heart than them. They're gonna give this Spurs team a run for their money, and they got beat four one. And we're always the underdog. We love being the underdog until you don't want to be the underdog. (laughs) So it it has happened, and I think it will build for a good series. And I do think this will be the toughest series. When we got into the the Denver series, I felt that was going to be the toughest series. And outside of one blowout, every game was either was was close. And I think that's how it's going to be for this series. I think all games will be close, maybe one or two blowouts or so. But this is going to be the, the toughest series. And I'm not a fan of Lakers in close games. And you, it's the exact opposite way with the Heat. They are very good in close games. So eh, it can go either way. But conventional wisdom say that the Lakers should prevail. Yeah, I mean, again... And not to cut you off, Vince, I know it's your turn to speak, but <laughs> the Lakers are the number one seed for a reason. They brought in Anthony Davis. Like, they traded away the farm to get Anthony Davis for... He was the face of the Pelicans. So you put Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, the Morris twin, and all these players, you put him around shooters and role players to go to the ship. You built this coaching staff. You got... Jason Kidd, Lionel Hollins, and Frank Vogel. Like, it's the to be where you are. Anything less than where you are, Frank Vogel will be looking for a job like Doc Rivers. Like, this was put together for this reason. However, the heat was built not to go to the finals. No one saw that, but they have something that works and it works effectively. They didn't limp into the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they have the same exact record the Lakers have. Um, I think they only lost three games throughout yeah, the whole series. Yeah, both teams are 12-3. Well. and three. Yeah, so it's crazy the run they've been on and the teams that they were able to beat. Um, they weren't favored again in any of their matchups. They, the Lakers from Game 1 to Game 73, they were favored to win those games. So it's it's easy to be the number one guy when you're the front runner, but to be underestimated, overlooked, and underjated, it says something about this Heat team. And LeBron James-led teams are infamous for sleeping on Game One. If they sleep on Game One, it's going the distance. Go ahead, Vince. All right. So to your point, where you said. Everyone the Lakers has played wasn't even supposed to be here. You can say the same thing about the Heat as a five seed. They're not supposed to be here. But I do I do respect the Heat for, like you said, they have come out. They've beaten everyone that was put in front of them. And like I said, I, I love them getting getting Iguodala to get that that experience because that's, that's what I look at the Heat. Like, they don't have that kind of playoff experience like that. Like, Jimmy brings it. 
they've got they've got Iggy now to bring it. They've got they've got UD still, you know, get collecting a check. He's able to give them some some <laughs> advice off the bench. So I, I like I like that aspect of the heat. He's he's the Juwan Howard of this roster this year. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and there there's something to be said for that because like no matter what, like your your ability might go, but your your mind is still there, so you can still impart different things on onto the teams and 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 help them you know cross that bridge. So I, I definitely think there there there's a reason that UD is still on this team. So so I I like the Heat. As far as the way I see the series going, I got it. I got it four six or four to two, Lakers. And the way I see it playing out, like, and you, you mentioned it, Dre, like, there is going to be an interesting dynamic to see what LeBron comes out to, because, like, I see I see LeBron trying to hand this thing off to 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 AD, but I could also be that see that being. Oh, let me say that so he gets here and, and so he stays next year. But I'm still the man. So I could see LeBron coming out, going after his, being aggressive, which is what the Lakers ultimately need. But then you have to worry, does that throw off the dynamic of how they've been winning and, and playing throughout these playoffs? Like, does that limit other people from going off and getting their confidence up? So when you need them to hit that shot, when you're, you know, double or triple team and you kick it out to them, are they going to be ready for that moment? So I worry about that dynamic. And then I also just see, because it because it's proven, I'm not sure if it's been every game, but it's been proven that a- AD is going to have a game where he just doesn't show up. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. If, you know, if they found some sort of defensive tick that, that, that bugs them or, or what happens. But there's a game where AD just doesn't show up and and has a poor game, and it can happen to anybody. But I, I do see that happening. And so, where I look to be a big key in this series is is Bam, because I look at Bam and he's Bam's a legit shot blocker in my opinion, and I feel like this game it's it's gonna come down to. Who can get to the cup? And if you can get Bam in foul trouble, I don't know who, I don't know who the Heat can come back and respond and put on AD. Their backup is Myers Leonard. Their backup, <laughs> and, and, and that that says something. Like I, I'm not worried about Myers Leonard. So, first, can I interject for one second? Their backup. Is Kelly Olynyk? He's seven foot. He's not really known to be a shot blocker, but he does stretch the floor. So AD will have to move outside of the box okay, to go guard sure. him on the. And so I, so I respect words, Kelly. Your backup is Myers Leonard. <laughs> yeah, like Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly can bring something to the table, but Kelly's not checking AD defensively. Like no. The, the, and the the one thing, and this is what this is what holds AD back. AD is not willing to go in and dominate with his back to the basket. He he would much rather shoot a jumper on you all day. Yeah, and which he's good at, but uh... yeah, I would I would much rather see him just go to the bucket, get fouled, and do that all day. And so I feel like Bam is is quick enough to to stay with him and keep him from going to the cup. But I feel like Kelly doesn't have that. So then 
AD can shoot the jumper and go by Kelly. So I'm not worried about Kelly Olynyk. So yeah. Yeah. he'll have him in the. I mean, I don't think he's gonna get. So him coming out to the three to guard Kelly Olynyk, Kelly Olynyk is not gonna get plays called for him to be in that situation that often. So that's what something we have to take. That's the, another variable that give the Heat an advantage. The the Portland, you knew there were at least gonna be. 20 to 30 sets that were called specifically for a CJ shot or a Dame shot. Same thing for the second round. There are two guys that they're going to have set plays called for them. And same thing, for it was pretty much every play was called for Murray and Joker. With the Heat, they're not, that 37 that Hero got wasn't because they, they gave him 13 plays. They created those shots. You don't, you have no clue who's going to score on any possession. That's their that's one of their like Swiss army knives that makes them so dangerous because as much as I'm saying Kelly Olenek won't have plays called for him it doesn't mean he's not going to take 10 shots and go 7 for 10 like that could very well happen very true that's what's so scary about them yeah so you you have you have to worry about the others and you that brings me to my next point is is with with Tyler Hero like he's he's been balling this entire playoffs like all respect due to him but you can see he had he had the 30 whatever then he came back the next night and had like twelve. So like, you got to you got to have that consistency. And the person who I look to and want to see, and not not even that he's been consistent, but just the way he's been playing, I don't I don't really like his minutes. Is Kuzma? Because Kuzma, what I've noticed is like he he treats it as a very like Rucker Park one on one. Oh, you can You just scored on me. I'm going to take this next shot, whether it's a good one or not. I'm, I'm going to get this next bucket. And I, I'm, I'm just not a fan of his minutes right now. So yeah. hopefully whoever he ends up guarding, you know, doesn't doesn't go, start going off because I can see that start to be a little bit of a run. And then that's how the Heat end up getting out. Because like you said, the Heat, the Heat are great in close games. And that's, that's why I give them a second game is because I feel like there's going to be one that's really close. And I feel like the the, um, the Lakers foul foul shooting is going to let them down. Yeah, yeah, Kuzma is definitely a variable. And the crazy thing is, when he's on, the opposing team is like, "Well, what are we going to do now?" Because now he's on. <laughs> like, yep. But when he is off, that is literally his game. One, two factors: he's playing for a contract because he's he's still on his rookie deal, and two. He's doing what the media is expecting him to do. Before the season started, everyone kept saying, the third wheel has to be Kuzma. So Kuzma looks at it as, I need to be the, um, what's that guy's name? The Kevin Love. Or I need to be the um, the Chris Bosh. Those guys got 15 attempts a game, though. And you're not going to get that. Like That's how top-heavy the, the, the first two guys are. Like You're not even on their level. And I think he, he's feeding into that. Like, keep in mind, you're coming off the bench. So that you know you're not the the Kevin Love. You know you're not the, the Chris Bosh, because at the very least they started. But he's feeding into what the media was saying of him needing be, to be the third guy. Uh, and he's also playing for a contract. And, and he deserves one last year's numbers. And he was first team all rookie. This year, it's hurting him getting that contract, but he'll get one eventually. Um, and I think that's his Achilles heel. He's literally just playing one-on-one basketball when he goes out there. Fortunately, though, when it when it works, 
we're unstoppable because we already got two other guys who are unstoppable. Uh, and sometimes when he's out there, I'm like, that's the Lamar Odom. Like I've been, I've watched Laker teams before. There's that Lamar Odom. There's that that James Worthy player who's like, damn, how are we gonna stop him now if they got this dude on? But he doesn't do it often enough, and he really concerns me. <laughs> like the he, him and Danny Green are the two liabilities out there. Guys. Danny Green is not hitting his threes at all. I don't no, know. I'm but Danny, Danny does <laughs> perform in the finals. He does, and he performs in Miami. But uh, that's a whole different story. <laughs> but he does perform in the finals. And quiet as his kept, he is a very good defensive player. Very, very good defensive player. So I, I went outside my norm, and I listened to his podcast today because he has a podcast. Don't, I'm not plugging it. But he, um, <laughs> there was a stat that he is the fourth all-time guard in blocks in the playoffs. Number one guard all-time in blocks is Wade. Number two is Jordan. Number three is Kobe. And he's number four. So that says a lot. Because remember, his, the beginning of his career, he wasn't he wasn't really in the in the league he was a d-leaguer at the beginning of his career so the sample size he had in the playoffs which is mainly the spurs he was getting blocks as a guard for him to be fourth all time and then if you go back to last year's nba finals um steph curry who was guarding steph curry and he had a pedestrian nba finals last year um but the person guarding steph curry or assigned to steph curry was danny We kind of saw that in Game Five of the Denver series, where he had those two huge blocks on, on Joker, and I'm like, yeah, we forget that he's, he's a good defensive player, and I think that's why Vogel still starts him, because as much as we say this about Kuzma, Kuzma's still, just getting more buckets than, than um, Danny, and and Laker fans are like, just bench Danny, bench Danny, but Danny's defense makes up for it, and I think that's the reason why he's going to get more minutes over Kuzma, but. Yeah, those two variables are, are crazy. KCP knows what he's supposed to do, and he does it. Same thing with Rondo, Caruso, and um, and Morris. Those two guys have higher expectation, and they're not living up to it. Uh, but nothing else to go. Like, I'll leave it with this. I personally feel that both LeBron and AD have not gone a hundred percent this this entire year. I think LeBron is used to a 70-game season now, and he knows the formula of how to win 50 games. So he's not where he was like in 2007, where you got to kill yourself and win 68 games. Like, so I feel like he's been on cruise control the majority of the season. I think a statistic went out that this is his least minutes ever, and this is his most efficient numbers ever. He knows how to pace himself, but I hope he's no longer holding back because what else is there to hold back for now? Now that's that you're a, in that's the finals, a, that's a great point. Like. Because he, he knows there's nothing else, and and that's that's another reason why I feel like he's he's just gonna come out in in, in domination mode is because like he he knows this is for his legacy, and he knows you know I've got seven potentially seven games to to make this happen. So there like there what is, else is there to, to to hold back balls to the wall at this point? Like like we haven't been like we always say to ourselves why don't drive to the basket now he's given a logical answer to that like if i did that the whole game i'd be fucking tired i can't do that like i know you guys expect me to do that all the time but i can't yeah but see that like the that 07 against detroit where he just went bonkers and he drove to the basket like 19 times in a row and scored like 700 points and beat the the, the pistons and we just say if he's capable of doing that why don't he just always do it that's what we want to see and i 
Like, there's literally no reason not to bring that LeBron back out now. I think he's still going to pace himself because he's older, so he's going to save that for the fourth, and that's what we kind of saw in game five against the Nuggets. The difference is he wasn't driving, it was just mid-ranges. He made like five mid-ranges and a three. It had like 16 points. And like and the, defensively, he, he started checking Murray. Like, yep. Because say what you want about LeBron, like his defense is definitely taking a slip, but that's because he he's led it. But in the moments it's needed, he's going to be checking your best player. So like, like when it comes to the heat, like when it comes to clutch, like I'm 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 looking at Jimmy, and that that's going to be a great matchup to watch is, is LeBron checking Jimmy come five minutes left in that fourth quarter. I don't think he does and that. Jimmy gonna- and Jimmy gonna punch him in the fucking mouth. <laughs> I think it takes if, if no, Hero like, is in late. I think he takes I, Hero. I agree with everything that y'all have said, and I can't say that it's inaccurate. But the one thing I don't want you guys to overlook is the fact that LeBron, like you said, Drake, he can't drive sixty percent of the time to the hole. He can't, and. His defense in spurts is unbelievable. But, and you can say this about every game, the refs have to be fair. If the Lakers shoot 25 fucking free throws in the first quarter, I'm going to kick my TV through the wall. Hey, hey. Like, yeah, they cannot. Did they call it? Take this game. (laughs) They can't take this game out of the hands of the players. We're not there to see the refs. We're not there to see a free throw shooting contest. If the Lakers' attempts double the attempts for the Heat, I'm going to light myself on fire. So like that to me. But if you if you're going if you're going to the cup. You're naturally going to get contact. You should shoot more foul shots. The On, Heat didn't make it. The Heat didn't make it to the finals without driving it to the cup. Like so, you can't make it this far without driving the ball to the cup. It should be so, an even amount of free throws for both teams. Like both of these teams drive to the cup. So let me let me put on my analytics hat real quick. So we all know. At the end of game three, if it was, in the Nuggets series, LeBron, I think, had only shot 10 free throws. Uh, And the Lakers brought it up to the league office or whatever that consists of, that, hey, there's a discrepancy with the the fouls. He's not getting enough attempts from the line. He wasn't getting enough foul calls. Now, foul calls don't always, that's the thing. It doesn't always associate with free throws because unless it's a shooting foul, it could still be a side out. So they were just saying he wasn't getting enough fouls because keep in mind, a Laker staff a laker fan knows lebron's not going to hit his free throws so we're not necessarily begging for free throws because he's 60 percent from the free throw line so it doesn't really do us any good we'd prefer for him to just make the shot and not get the foul and not get a free throw where we he could potentially leave that possession with just one point um but so that became an attention point and then you know lakers shot more free throws but at the end of that game game four both teams had shot 113 free throws so it was even up to game four and the lakers had been called for more personal fouls so all that meant was we're fouling more but we're fouling smarter because we're fouling on side outs you guys are fouling on uh, on more uh 
shooting fouls or blocking fouls, which then results in shooting the free throws. But the free throw discrepancy was even, it was both 113. So I think that's gonna be another factor. Sure, foul this, foul that, but the person, the team shooting more free throws is just means the defense is fouling more on shots as opposed to side outs. Like, so yeah, we fouled, we fouled Denver more than they did, but we shot more free throws because they were fouling us on shots. And I think that's going to be a, that's a veteran thing. So I think that's where experience comes into play um, is knowing when to foul, when not to foul and, you know, and uh, addressing it that way. But I do agree. Um, officiating is going to be huge as your president says it's gonna be huge (laughs) the lakers have two of the top five players in the league they're going to get the superstar calls and i guess they should because the nba is driven by superstars however you can't just allow ad and lebron to lift up the free throw line and yeah after the analytics of the series is over, it looks like it was an even amount of fouls called on both sides. It's all about the momentum and the impact. Like, free throws in the flow of a game and one team in the first quarter, the one that I'm pointing out to specifically, the Lakers had 25 free throw attempts in the first half, and I think the Nuggets had like six. I don't care if they made up for those calls later in the game. The game was over. Like, you can cut it and slice it however you want. Like, it has to be as consistent and equal as possible. Because 25 and 6 in the first half, I don't care who you are, who you're for, that's 19 shot difference. Like, it's it's a wrap. So, it, it needs to be consistent. And yes, AD and LeBron is going to get theirs. They're going to go off naturally. They don't need help from the refs to shoot 10 extra free throws just because it's the finals. So if it doesn't come down to free throws, I stand by my estimate. I stand by my guess that it can go six or seven games again based on game one. If the Heat can get game one, it's going to go six or seven. And who, Do we who agree say that, like, injuries are a part of the game? Injuries are a part of the game. And at this point, if it goes seven, I like the Heat. Because I think the longer a series goes, the worse the Lakers will be. Um, they have five, 35 and up players um, that play some decent minutes. Um, Dwight, he's 35 plus. LeBron's 35 plus. Um, Rondo is 35 plus so um, if, if it goes game... 7 LeBron is definitely going to be in Super Saiyan mode but and he's undefeated <laughs> in game 7 <laughs> I, I think they don't want it to go 7 I think if the Heat win it's in 6 or, or less because they just catch him by surprise and win some early games kind of like what they did to um, the Celtics like they were they, they were up 3-1 right like they just punch him in the mouth the first yeah. two games. It's like, damn, you got to yep. play from behind the whole series. And that's that. Yep. I still believe that the true better team, they lost five fourth quarter lead. Like, those games same, same thing with the Nuggets. The Nuggets were up in a lot of those Lakers games, and they just couldn't pull it off and couldn't get the dub. So I don't think anything that happened prior to this matchup really impacts the outcome. 
I just think that this is a good matchup as far as individual basketball, and it's going to come down to matchups and coaching. Like, every team has some type of X factor, and on paper, the Lakers should sweep the Heat, and the Heat doesn't belong on the same court as the Lakers on paper. But the games aren't played on paper. The Heat made it to the finals for a reason. And I hope without any type of influence from the refs, they can show that and showcase that for the finals. I want to see a good finals. I want this to be a historic match. Like, the pandemic world of 2020 deserves to see a good, clean, wholesome finals. Anything yeah, that's be- out of that, anything out of that is just going to piss me off. <laughs> now, th- so my comment was, do we do we agree that injuries are a part of the game? And I yes. I also believe that it's gonna sound funny, but I believe that superstar calls are a part of the game as well. Like it it's a nap just like people say the hand is a part of the ball. So when you like you get foul someone on their hand but you block it, it's like no, the hand's a part of the ball. Like superstar calls are a part of the game. As a Laker fan in the two thousands, there were certain games I already gave to the Lakers while watching them in the playoffs because I'm like, all right, yeah, sure y'all got Melo and y'all got J.R. Smith and y'all got Chauncey Billups, but when the game is tied. Kobe's going to drive to the basket and he's either going to score because he's the greatest in the world or he's going to get called for a foul because he's going to get the benefit of the whistle and it's just a natural part of the game. It was the same thing vice versa in like the Celtics versus the Cleveland series back when LeBron was young but Paul Pierce had the you know had the hierarchy or the veteranship. He got the benefit of the whistle. KG got the benefit of the whistle. I've always believed that that was a part of the game um, and I think that'll definitely come into play. Like, yes, there's going to be just Jordan did it. And I, and I don't think it'll be any different this series. So we have to accept that as a part of the game. I think it's just a natural, it seems unfair, but it's a natural part of the game that a superstar, if me and you, if me and LeBron meet in the air, 70% chance it's going to be a blocking foul on me. You know, maybe twice a game they'll call a charge on him, but he's going to get the benefit of it. So, the, 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 and he can still win. They just have to work around that and game plan around that. But it's definitely going to be a lopsided uh, officiating. Well, that's why you got to go for the knees, <laughs> take him out. Kelly Olenek knows if all about that. Foul, if, you, if you're going to foul him, you got to foul him. Like, you can't just be pussyfooting around you gotta you gotta let them know like hey you can't come up here and that's what that's why I like about this heat team like they got some dogs and I know this isn't your your father's NBA of the 1990s and the late 80s but I do I can see Jay Crowder sending somebody to the floor I can see Jimmy staring down somebody and letting them know not today and you need a little intimidation. That's what I miss about sports. Growing up, I was born in the 80s. So growing up, I watched a lot of 90s wrestling, football, basketball. So the intimidation factor was huge. You got to not only just play better, but you got to let somebody see you and let them know today not going to be their day. And the heat is filled filled with players that just show up and you just be like, yeah, today not gonna be like Jimmy Butler looks intimidating. 
He has his hair grown now. He hasn't shaved since the bubble. He's charging his teammates $20 for coffee. He just is an intimidating guy. Jay Crowder, he's an, an interior... An intimidating guy. He just looks big and he doesn't look like he takes any crap. He got long locks and he just looks like he's an enforcer. But the scariest looking player on the Miami Heat is Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill looks homeless. He looks like the type of guy you don't want to take an elevator with. So he's going to be my X Factor. Solo is going to get buckets. He does look like he's showered in the bubble. So his intimidation and his appearance is going to win the Heat game. I got I got a question. We we can all agree that Jay Crowder is going to be guarding LeBron, right? For the most part, right, yes. I, I felt like that was going to come up. Fortunate for him. This is this is the one stat that I did want to look up. So I looked it up before the pod. Le, LeBron averages twenty eight points against Jay Crowder. That's a win in my mind. <laughs> But that, that's a gonna, win in my mind. He's not going to be playing him the whole game. There's going to be other dudes that get five. There's someone else going to get three. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're going to have to add to that 28 because he ain't going to play 48. So, 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 yeah, again, I started this podcast by saying if AD and LeBron gets 40 apiece, that's just 80 points. You, as a pet Raleigh-led, Eric Spostra coached, well-represented franchise cannot under any circumstances you cannot let KCP, Danny Green, Morris, and Rondo score more than 15 points apiece. You just can't allow that That's to a happen. lot of points. If you let th- I agree. 15 points saying, apiece, that's, them- that's 60 more points. Yeah. I agree. You can't happen. Like You, you gotta shut that down. You have to have the hand up. You have to guard them. Give them space when they're in the top of the key. Get close up on them when they're about to shoot a three. You can't allow them any room. But I'm saying, like, even like, don't foul them. Like, what you what you saying? If you go if you're gonna say forty apiece, like, if if either if either of them score five, that's already a hundred. No, I, I agree, so, but. What, what I'm saying is you just can't let them have a game where they're just going off. Like, you're not going to be able to shut down LeBron. You're not going to be able to shut down AD. But you just, you can't have Kuzma, Rondo, Morris, KCP. You can't have them going off. Like, you just can't let one of the others just drop 20 plus or 15. You just can't have it. That's just not the type of championship defense that's expected when you're trying to win a ring. Because you know what you're going up against. Like, Dre, you said it best. The unknown about this Heat team should keep the Lakers up at night. I don't know who the fuck is going to go off. But with the Lakers, everything about the Lakers is well documented. You don't think the Heat know that it's AD, LeBron James, and the whole aura and the history of the Lakers. They know. Pat Riley knows. Eric Spoelstra knows. They know, like the whole, even how the NBA is marketing this finals. You don't hear shit about the Heat. Nope. It's all about the Lakers. It's all about the dynasty. It's all about Kobe. Like everything is about the Lakers, and as it should be, they're the number one seed. They got LeBron, the face of the league, and they got AD. So that's why I'm rooting for the Heat, the underdog, because when the Lakers was just heavily favored and they had built this super team, they played this team in Detroit. They didn't feature any type of well-known star. 
their most famous player wasn't even known for basketball. Like, I think Rasheed Wallace was known for, like, technical fouls and just being this crazy guy. They had Chauncey Bullocks, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Ben Wallace, and a few other guys that no one ever heard of. And they upset the Lakers with Kobe, with Shaq, with Karl Malone, Gary Payton. They built this through, and they weren't the same guys in their prime before Dre just jumped down my throat. <laughs> it wasn't the same Karl Malone and Gary Payton of the 90s and 80s, we know, but they still had them on the roster, and they got upset. So I'm thinking that this is the year that something crazy happens because of the pandemic, because of the bubble, and I, I like the Heat to win the finals. Um, it isn't just because of my hate for LeBron. I think that Pat Riley got something up his sleeve. And just like you said, LeBron could take it up another level. I think that he can take it up another level too. Like they're young. They don't know what not to do. They're not going to play super tight because they're not supposed to be there. They're going to play loose. They're going to do all the grimy things you got to do to win a game. And I'm going to say the Heat and Six. That's my prediction. The Heat and Six. Shout out to Tosin, 305. <laughs> I, and I, I, I fully believe you. I think if it goes six, the Heat he win. Like, I think the, the Lakers' benefit would be crushing their spirit and winning it in a short series. And that's been the case in these past few series. It's only been going five. If people keep saying the Lakers uh, uh, Heat in six or Lakers in six, six means one team won more than one game. If the Lakers lose twice to anybody, that other team is better than them. So if it goes six, that must have meant they lost two to three games and I could, they would win, they would lose that series. No one has proven that they're better than the Lakers twice so far. If you can prove that you're better than us more than once, I think you're better than them. <laughs> I think they've, they've been crushing teams and not giving them a chance. But yeah, I, I, like I said, I, it's not, they're not going to win it in seven. Seven is a whole different story. If it goes seven, I guarantee you the league office is going to get a phone call that uh, uh, anonymous phone call that Jimmy Butler has COVID. Like <laughs> if the season, <laughs> Kylie, Taylor Rooks in their room or something like that. Like it's going to be something that goes out. There's something's going to if it like like. Yeah, I don't see it going the other way. But um, Heat and six. Yeah, if, if it goes six, it is Heat and six. I don't, <laughs> I don't see the Lakers winning in six. Like I said, I'm a, this is the last two things I'm going to say on it. Like I, I still got it, Lakers and six. I'm going to say, you never win your first one. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that on the on the Heat. Like I feel like their young players are going to feel like they're going to be happy to be there. And pressure bus pipes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not put heat and six. I'm, I don't. I can't make a prediction because it'll jinx them. So I can make. I can make a prediction <laughs> after the game. There are certain things I can't do. I can't give the Lakers too much credit, and I have to give credit to the other team because overlooking them will give bad juju in the air. So I can't not. I can't discredit the Heat, and I can't get overconfident and make a prediction. I have to see how they play, which which is counterproductive because it's like all right i want to bet now now that i know someone's up one zero <laughs> but like I, I need to see like what's going on i mean i know who, the team i picked to win 
but to call the amount of games, I need to know how the series is being played to call the games. Because it's impossible to pick a seven-game series just based on paper after seeing you know, X's and O's or so. So the Lakers should win the series. I And if they win it, I believe it should be short. Like, I would not be surprised if I saw a, 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 a sweep. And I don't want to put that in the air because that's like, oh, yeah, y'all just overlooking us. Just wait till we win it, and then we'll be pointing back at y'all about how y'all were overconfident, and everybody counted us out. But back to this bubble thing, and I foreshadowed this. Remember our last podcast, we were talking about how the bubble's going to work, and I said, um, I just actually saw the video the other day, or today, the Knuckleheads podcast with um, Quentin Richardson and um, Darius, Darius Miles. Miles. They have they have, they have a snippet where they ask everyone who who Buster asked for the first time, and a lot of these players were naming a lot of them were naming good players like you know Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, but some players were naming like um, Jose Calderon was the first person to bust um, Kyrie Irving's ass. Mm. Two people said Vashawn Leonard <laughs> bust their ass, and Vashawn Leonard was a journeyman. But I always felt that like these guys are the best in the world. They were the best in their county. They were the best in their city. Yep. They're best in their state. Yep. And then yep. they were the best in their college or their conference. And they got yep. to the league and ran into more competition and realized I'm maybe the 100th best amongst these guys now. But they're still really, really good. And I say that to say Vashon Leonard is probably would probably get 100 on us on us right now at LA Fitness. But he was <laughs> busting. The, um, it was. Um, was Meta World Peace and Quentin Richardson both said Vashon Leonard and I was like that's a common person that NBA players said but I always felt like this bubble was there's no fans the media day isn't and isn't the same you know there's no traveling it's just you're pretty much thinking and playing basketball I wouldn't be surprised if you see the my guess was the Caruso I said the Carusos of the world you know, going off because they're just good basketball players and now all the, everything, all the variables are gone. But I guess what I'm foreshadowing is T.J. Warren, uh, Gary Trent Jr., um, Austin Rivers, I think, had a 30-point game. Like, those players who were just hoopers came out and I think that has changed the basketball. The spotlight is gone. You, The Clippers, as you can see, better basketball won. It wasn't about the spotlight in L.A. and the glamour and glitz and and, the, and all of that, it was just, if you're a better basketball player, you're going to win the game. So, I, mm-hmm. and that's why. first game fucking around and we're gonna beat y'all tonight we're gonna sleep go to bed and we're gonna beat y'all again <laughs> we're gonna sleep go to bed we're going to the same damn court it's the same basketball we're gonna beat y'all again and we're gonna go to sleep one more time and we're gonna wake up and we're gonna beat y'all again <laughs> like that's how all this because variables the better team is just gonna win now and the aura of you know pressure and series it's not really the same it's just you're rolling out the ball at LA Fitness and running it back so to speak like, all right, we, we, we serious now. You know you lose to a team that's not better than you. 
all right, let's see. Y'all ready? Y'all want to play? All right, let's get serious and let's kill them. And you just beat them. And I think that's the reason why I, I say the whole, it could be four, a short series. It could be four. Like, yeah, if you're just better, all those prior variables from don't matter anymore now. Like, there's none of the media day. Today's media day that they did, like, they're pretty much sitting in front of computers now. Like, there's no bunch of microphones in their face. So like they did media day with Rondo because when you know media day everyone gets a press a presser even the bench warmers get pressers so like you know Quinn Cook got a presser but like it was just the NBA Finals logo in the background and they have a bunch of computers in front of them like it's not the traditional NBA Finals it's not the traditional the uh, everything so I think those of the Varos being gone is why it's just pure basketball if you're just a better basketball player. If you're a better basketball team, you're going to win. And it seems like that's in the favor of the Lakers. But the modest Andre wants to give credit to the Heat. And once again, there's going to be a game where we shoot terribly. The Lakers shoot terribly. There's going to be a game that comes down to the fourth quarter. And the Miami Heat are a very good fourth quarter games team. So can't really call it right now. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Cal Kuzma, pick up the sticks, heat and six. Hmm.